Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. This podcast was recorded at our last gathering. Teaching like this is how we worship together every other week. We look to the scriptures seeking to become more like Christ. We're glad you're listening. One of the things we love to do here at Renew is, is to tell stories. Uh, and this morning we're going to do something a little bit different with the story time. Um, you should be receiving a card. Uh, I've just been struck by this verse in Psalm 145, verse 7. It says, everyone, everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. And so this morning, we would like to collect some stories of God's wonderful goodness. And this comes with a challenge. I want to challenge you to try to write this story in one sentence. Okay? So you got you to give it some thought, some reflection. And it doesn't have to be the whole story of God's goodness in your life, but a story of God's goodness in your life. God delivered me from addiction. God is walking with me in the midst of grief and loss. God brought children into my life. Something like that. Okay? And you, you've got the whole teaching to think about this. Refine your story down to one sentence. All right? So a story of God's wonderful goodness in your life. It could be from this past week, from this past year, from 20 years ago. All right, so there's your challenge for the teaching time. Try to listen and write a one-sentence story of God's goodness in your life. If you haven't noticed yet, today's Advent theme is joy. And I, I just want to, yeah, I want to start with this. We know that there are people here who hear joy and they be like, I'm not sure about this Sunday. And I want you to know that whatever that experience is for you, whatever you hear this morning, this is not some trite, turn that frown upside down. But we know that joy is deeper than all of those things. That our joy in the Lord is deeper. If you are wrestling Please know that we are here for you. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, I am sorrowful and yet rejoicing. And we have this beautiful tension that we've been practicing throughout Advent of holding those tensions of the brokenness of the world and the goodness of the kingdom of God. And we practice this literally this weekend, where last night we had blue Christmas worship service where people who are lonely and hurting or grieving came in this space and grieved together. And this morning, we come and say, it's time to practice joy. Weeping may endure for the night, the psalmist wrote, but joy comes in the morning. Ben, why are you always so serious
These were the words of my exasperated friend when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> and I, I don't remember what it was about, but those words stuck with me because, well, you know why. <laughs> A few people hearing that I would be teaching on joy, I, I saw the look on your face. That look of concern that said, are you sure you're cut out for this? <laughs> and I'll, I'll be honest, this teaching might be mostly for myself. But I sense I'm not the only one. I sense I'm not the only one. And, and we need to acknowledge that joy isn't just about outward expression and disposition, but that is part of it. And I'm fully aware that a lot of times the joy that's in my heart doesn't show up on my face. But I'm learning to practice joy. And one of the things that has helped me is realizing this. Joy is at the heart of God. God is a joyful God. We can see it in the very beginning at creation as he's calling life into being and saying, Ah, that's good. That's good, too. Uh, Garrett Gilkison, the drummer for the Wren Collective, they put together a great video when they released their album, The Art of Celebration, and he says this. He says, There is an irrepressible laughter in the heart of God. Irrepressible laughter in the heart of God, an irrepressible joy in the heart of God. And G.K. Chesterton speaks of the joy of God as if it's like a child. You all know kids, right? Like you pick them up, you spin them around, what do they say? Do it again. Spin around. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Well, this is what G.K. Chesterton writes. He says, it is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. It may be that God has the eternal appetite of infancy, for we have sinned and grown old. But our God is younger than we. The repetition in nature may not be mere recurrence. It may be a theatrical encore. Do it again. Do it again. And I, I hear that and I remember the song we sang a little bit ago, Here is Our King. There's that line in there that says, What was said to the rose to make it unfold. I get this picture of God watching this rose in eager anticipation. Yes. Yes, do it again. And the pinnacle of God's joy is us. Remember that creation account. After he creates humanity, he says, Ah, yes, that's very good. Very good. 
I read in Isaiah 62, God will rejoice over you as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. I know that my face doesn't always show it, but it did. My friend said, I don't think you stopped smiling when I married my beautiful wife. In Isaiah 65, God writes about, God is speaking about creating a new heaven and a new earth. He says, I will rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people. In Jeremiah 32, God joys in doing good to his people. And one of my favorites, Zephaniah, yes, that's a book in the Bible, Zephaniah 3. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. God delights in us takes joy in us. In Hebrews 12, is written, For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. The joy set before him. And I'm fairly confident that that joy set before Jesus was seeing us freed from sin, reconciled to God, and able to participate fully in communion in the divine life of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for all eternity. In Luke 15, Jesus talks about the great joy in heaven over sinners repenting. When someone gives their life to Jesus, heaven erupts in joy. And earlier this morning, we played that baptism video of Renew, and I love what J.R. has talked about. There are angels doing backflips when a sinner repents. When somebody commits their life to following Jesus, when they receive Jesus into their life, angels are doing backflips. And I had a bit of an aha moment last Sunday as we read in Luke 2 about the angels appearing to the shepherds. Last Sunday at gathering, Doug had us reflect on that service. And so here's... Here's my serious, reserved Ben Pitson version of that story. Now there were shepherds nearby living out in the field, keeping guard over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were absolutely terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. Today, your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a vast heavenly army appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. But as we read it last week, I wondered... If angels are doing backflips over people who receive Jesus, if they're doing backflips over sinners who repent, what must this scene have looked like when God was initiating his plan to save us all 
when God was sending his son to be born into humanity. I can only imagine this buzzing around heaven and my eight-year-old gives me a pretty good vision of what this might have looked like. We got to tell somebody. We got to tell this is really happening. It's about to happen. We got to tell somebody. I know. I got it. I got it. Let's organize a flash mob. Let's do this. I'll go first. You follow my lead. And so my new version of this story goes a little something like this. And the angel appeared to them. Whoa. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to frighten you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't worry. I bring you good news. I bring you good news. No, not just good news. Great news. Great news. Amazing joy. Joy. Heaven has broke into earth. Your Savior, your Rescuer is born today. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And then the flash mob of angels joins in, dancing. Give him glory, for he's the King of kings. And I realized something else when we read this story. We always read too fast. Because I think it's interesting that the next verse starts, angels left them and went back to heaven. It doesn't say then, it says when. So I imagine that this probably lasted for a while. This wasn't some drive-through angelgram. Hey, by the way, the Savior was born. Good to see you. Take care. I think this party might have lasted for a while. All that to say, joy is at the heart of God. Joy is erupting in heaven. And that joy is Jesus. And that joy is for us to be reunited with the God of all joy. To experience God's joy for us and have it radiate in us. And if that's who God is, and that's what God desires for us, then we may need to take joy more seriously, or maybe less seriously. I'm not sure. We actually have to cultivate joy. The scriptures talk about joy being a fruit of the Spirit, and so it comes to us as a gift. But like all fruit, it also needs to be cultivated. We have to practice Practice, practice. I loved Denise's poem. Practice. Here's something really cool that I found out. There's, there's a part of the brain that's called the joy center. People call it the joy center. And it's the only part of the brain that never loses its capacity to grow. So we can cultivate joy 
in step with the Holy Spirit, receiving it as a gift and cultivating it in our lives by choosing joy and practicing it. Throughout Scripture, over and over and over, God commands us to rejoice because he knows we need to practice. We rejoice in who God is and what God has done. We rejoice in Jesus, our truest joy, the truest joy of both heaven and earth. Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. Always, Paul, really? Again, I say it, rejoice. And he wrote this from prison. Rejoicing is not circumstantial. Rejoicing is rooted in who God is and what God has done and because of what God is doing and will do. So there is always reason to rejoice. In Habakkuk 3, yes, that's another book in the Bible, Habakkuk. It says, when the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, when the olive trees do not produce and the field yields no crops, when the sheep disappear from the pen and there are no cattle in the stalls, when I've lost my job, when I can't pay rent, when the refrigerator is empty, I will rejoice because of the Lord. I will be happy because of the God who delivers me. The sovereign Lord is my source of strength. He gives me the agility of a deer. He enables me to negotiate this rugged terrain. Henry Nouwen writes this, Joy is the experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved and that nothing, sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, or even death can take that love away. Still, nothing happens automatically in the spiritual life. Joy does not simply happen to us. We have to choose joy and keep choosing it every day. It is a choice based on the knowledge that we belong to God and have found in God our refuge and our safety and that nothing, not even death, can take God away from us. So how do we cultivate and choose joy? We rejoice. We give thanks. Gratefulness is the number one tool for cultivating joy. I think many of you are probably familiar with Brene Brown. And in her research, she has found that over and over and over again, the people who are most joyful are those who actively practice gratitude. David Steindl Ross, who's a Benedictine monk, says, It is not joy that makes us grateful. It is gratitude that makes us joyful. Voice it, write it down, tell somebody. When there's some reason, any reason to give thanks, do it. Be people who go through your day looking for things to be grateful for. And celebration is this beautiful act 
of gratitude. Celebration is a discipline where we practice gratitude and we practice it together. John Tyson, who's a pastor of church in New York City, did a great teaching on celebration must be stronger than cynicism. And he talks about five different types of celebration. Simple celebration, which is a need is met and you say, thank you. You're thirsty, you get a drink of water. Thank you. You're hungry, you get a meal. Thank you. Strategic celebration, which is a bit more reflective. What do I have to be thankful for? And how do I say thanks? Spontaneous celebration. The eagle score a touchdown. Yes! Spontaneous. I got my bonus check in the mail. Yes! Redemptive celebration. Renew is really good at this, I think. We saw the baptism video. We mark the moments of redemption in our lives. And baptism is not just about those people who are being baptized that day. It's for all of us to remember and celebrate our own baptism, our own redemption. And the last one is courageous celebration. And that's the one where we have to practice when we don't feel like it. When nothing seems to be going right, and yet we still find reason to give thanks and celebrate. I got a little devotional book a number of years ago called Tasting the Fruit of the Spirit, and it says this, Joy is tuning in to what God is doing around you, seeing the world through His eyes, picking up on His delight in us as His children. Happiness depends on what is happening to you. Joy is different. Joy goes deeper. Joy is when your whole being sings because you have caught a glimpse of God at work. So breathe deeply. Tune in. Listen for the song that God is singing and let it echo in your heart. Sing for joy at the work of His hands. Go through your day looking for things to be grateful for. the end of that teaching, John Tyson said this, joy is the upward pull of God. It pulls us up that stairway that we've been talking about. And our thanks, our celebration of who God is, that's how we climb up those stairs. By giving thanks, by celebrating as a people, and when we get up those stairs, pulled by joy, we connect with the God whose heart is overflowing with joy. We connect to the Christ who is our joy, the joy of heaven and earth. We connect with the Spirit who bears the fruit of joy in our lives. And, we can, and then we get to backflip and somersault and cartwheel back down there, those stairs in the joy of the Lord. His joy in us. And that joy is our strength and our witness in this world. Joy to the world. I've done enough talking. It's time to get down to the serious business of celebration. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.